Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Discover Podcasting. Um, it's crazy we're at 15 already, but we took a little bit of a break over the winter holidays and came back for a week to regroup, and we are back. Uh, I am your host for today, Rich Yamamoto, and my co-host is Mr. Taylor. Hello. And, and today we have a very, very special guest who some of you may know fairly well, uh, if you have attended the School for the Blind or have been at the School for the Blind for a while. Um, our, a former student uh, of ours, Jordan Walker, is is on the Zoom call with us. Hey. So Jordan has been through a uh, nine lives of experiences. Uh, <laughs> so um, we just wanted to have her on the show to talk about some of those experiences. So how are you doing today? I'm pretty good nothing too exciting what yeah. about you i'm all right i'm all right uh can't i <laughs> can't complain too much so um to start out why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself what do you like to do what are you actively doing right now oh gosh um well currently i am just sitting on my couch talking to you guys my dog's next to me um I am a senior at Smithville High School this year, which is crazy because I feel like I'm still 12 years old. Um, I went blind in 2018. Um, I attended the School for the Blind for, oh gosh, what, like a year and a half, maybe? A little yeah, less? It's a, yeah, it's fair. From February of my sophomore year to... Um, March of my junior year because of COVID sent us home. So technically I went the whole year, but I wasn't physically there for not for, I was only physically there for like a full year. So. So that's a little bit about Jordan. Uh, what do you, are you active in anything at UCM or not UCM Smithville high right now? <laughs> like, are you doing any extracurriculars? What are you up to? Oh, I mean, well, because of COVID, I've been, I'm, I'm completely virtual. So I kind of, I, other than like, I have a daily meeting where I go and then someone helps me do math and stuff because, you know, it's really difficult to graph and look at charts and stuff when you can't see. So, ah. but I mean, I, I myself actually have a podcast at my school. We're starting that up soon. Um, that's exciting. What's it going to be over? Oh, a lot. It's called High School Declassified. And it's basically just me and a couple other people um, where we pick a topic for the week and then just kind of podcast it. We talk about it. And um, I think our first episode is going to be over how virtual school has been affecting students. So, but who knows when that's going to happen? Very timely question. <laughs> yeah. So but, you noted you mentioned that you went blind your sophomore year or mm -hmm. that you lost your vision your sophomore year. How did how did that happen and how did you stay positive going through that? Oh, oof, oof. That's a pretty loaded question there, bud. <laughs> it's quite a story. Um so I okay. So I guess it all really kind of started when I was younger because I've always been like a really sick kid like I was every year I was always in the hospital for something 
one year it was for HSP. Um, and then the other years it was for like, uh, I had osteomyelitis in my leg once I had a series of like intestinal issues and, um, I was always just sick, just always constantly always had colds, whatever. And so in late November of my sophomore year, which is 2018, we, or not we, me, I started having really bad, like stomach issues. And I was just constantly in the bathroom. I was throwing up. I was doing other things. I was, couldn't eat, couldn't sleep, was just in horrible, horrendous pain. And that went on probably from beginning of Thanksgiving break. So the day before Thanksgiving, probably to when it all really went down, which was December 12th of 2018. And so after about however long that is two, three weeks of just being bedridden and like not being able to stand, not being able to like think I literally had burns on my stomach from like the heating packs because I was just in so much pain and nothing helped. And, um, on in, in December, we finally decided to like go to the hospital because I had lost over 20 pounds and was just my, I was just not good. Like I was pale. I was gross. And, um, I, so we went to the hospital and we sat in the emergency room for like an abnormally long time. Like the, just like the whole experience was really weird. Like every, all the nurses were acting really weird. Everything was just really weird. And then, um, and then as I was laying there on this hospital bed, literally unable to move, I just started getting really, really like sensitized to the lights and the noises and everything just became really, really, really overwhelming. And, um, so I don't really remember a lot, but from what I've been told, um, I started getting a big purple, like rash all over my face. Um, like it looked like I was like, all my skin was about to fall off and I, my body just started like getting puffy and red and like blotchy, like almost like I was having an allergic reaction. And then um, so finally, um, the last step came and that was teeth pain. And the reason why I say that is because, um, 16 months prior in the summer of 2017, um, we, I went on a cruise and the same thing happened. I got like severe stomach pain and whatever, and it has nothing to do with the cruise. It actually happened after, after I came back, but, um, I just got, severe stomach pain again, all this, all the stuff, but I was staying with my aunt and I was in North Carolina. And so we went to the hospital there and the same thing happened there as what happened here, except just on like a lesser scale. And this time around, um, I started getting teeth pain, which told me that I was about to start swelling. And so immediately I started freaking out, obviously, naturally. And I remember yelling at my mom, like, while in the ER, I was like crying and screaming at her. And I was like, it's happening again. Like, I'm going to die. Like, I need you to go get somebody because nobody's listening to me. I'm not even on fluids yet. And um, then I passed out. And I woke up three days later. 
and I had three IVs, one pick line. I was, I couldn't move my body. I was, I was actually tied down to the bed because I kept thrashing when I was unconscious and I had a breathing tube in and I was on a, I don't know if I was on a ventilator or what, um, but I was incubated and I had been in a coma for three days. And when I woke up, I just couldn't see. And it was caused by extreme mass swelling in my eyes and in my face, which cut off all oxygen to my optic nerves, which killed them and made me completely permanently unsuspectingly and forever blind. And now I'm here. And that's the short story. <laughs> that's quite the story. Um, yeah. That was more than I had already known. <laughs> so so I, think, I think Jordan, a lot of us would probably, you know, uh, would be very focused on ourselves going through all that, maybe even being a little bit down, you know, how do you stay positive, especially with your vision loss? Yeah. Um, I feel as though when, when I was younger, I was always the kind of kid that just kind of like, I did sports and I, you know, I went to public school and I dealt with some bullying when I was a kid. I just, I was, but I was just always kind of the one that was willing to put up a fight, I guess is a way to say it. I would fall down and I would hurt myself. I would scratch my knee. I would get a concussion or whatever. I'd break a bone and I'd just still stand up and be like, all right, cool. What's next? What's for dinner? You know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> like for instance, for instance, I was in, oh, it was, it was fifth grade. It was my last year at elementary school. I went to Sunnyside Elementary School in Olathe, Kansas. And um, it was the day before the talent show auditions. No, it was the day of the talent show auditions. They were happening after school. And I was going to do, um, I had this little Barbie guitar that when you pressed buttons, it would make noise. And so I was gonna like perform a song on my Barbie guitar. It was actually really cute. And the day of, I was in PE class and I came in and we were running around doing whatever and someone like pushed me over and I literally like flew. And cause I used to be so tiny. I'm, I'm, I'm short now. You, you couldn't have imagined me when I was like 10. Um, but, and I had, um, a concussion and I had an egg on the back of my head that was literally the size of my hand and that's exciting I didn't want to go to the nurse because I knew that she was going to send me home and I wouldn't be able to do the talent show auditions and so I just waited I just waited and almost died but it's fine but I've always like I said before I've, I've always just kind of been the one that got up once I was pushed back down just because when I was a kid, I was pushed down so many times that the only way to get back up was to do it myself. And so when I went blind, it was the like detriment to my entire life. And that sounds really bad, but I'll explain. Um, my, my entire life, I was just, my entire life when I was in high school, it was just journalism and taking pictures. I also did archery. I also did baseball management and stuff like that I wanted to be a doctor I wanted to like be like a surgeon and I wanted to just like do all these things and I wanted to drive and all this stuff that I would never get to do because I 
can't see. And obviously that doesn't mean that if you're blind, you can't become a doctor or whatever. That's still my goal, but it's just changed a little bit. But I remember when they told me that I was going to be blind, I had, gosh, I can't remember if it was, I think it was the 18th of December. Um, They told me that I was going to be blind forever and my whole family was crying. I was crying. It was a whole thing. And I, we pushed the doctors out of the room, whatever. And I just screamed for a couple of minutes, like legit just sat and just screamed and probably woke up the other people on the ICU, but it's fine. It's whatever. And I just kind of started making jokes of it after that. Cause I was just like this, Oh, this opens me up to so much more material. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, finally, I can I can make jokes and then not get yelled at. And so I just started thinking about like, how can I use this to my advantage? And how can I make a difference? Not only like in myself, but like with the other people around me. And it, it sounds like really kind of cliche because like, you know, most people don't think of that kind of stuff after they're told that they're going to be blind forever. But I... I was, I don't, I have no idea why, but I was, I was like, this is not going to be it. I was like, if anything, this just makes me funnier. Well, then you ended up going, going and getting free snacks from Costco. So heck yeah, I did. If I remember that correctly. (laughs) Well, that's definitely a, 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 a different outlook than, than other, you know, other, other things that I've witnessed and read about. Um, and I respect that. How did you need any accommodations? Like what kind of accommodations did you need after, you know, you lost your, um, Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> did you need technology accommodations? Oh, 100%. I was, <clears throat> I was, okay. So when I was in the hospital, obviously I couldn't use my phone because I, I didn't know how to use voiceover yet. I, 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 I was literally like, just thrusted into this brand new reality with no, I had never had vision problems, never worn glasses, never did anything. And suddenly it was just gone. And I had absolutely no idea what to do with myself because my favorite things to do were read and um, like take pictures and like all this visually based things. And I just couldn't do any of that. So my whole hospital stay was really just me just sitting in bed, literally just staring into nothing because I had nothing else to do. And so I actually never, I didn't get my, I didn't get my cane until February. I went blind in December. So for the first couple of months, I was walking around with a party city cane. Nice. Um, Yeah, it was awesome. It was like, like an old, like witch cane. And I felt so cool because I was walking around and nobody ever thought I was blind. They always thought I was kidding because I didn't have a white cane, but I would like try to walk around stores and stuff and like just wherever walk around school. And I just had my party city cane um, and I didn't know how to use it because I hadn't had any lessons. So I just, I, I was just fumbling around looking for the best, like looking for the best way to do things. And eventually I just went back to doing things the way that I remembered how to do it. Um, and later on I got, like I learned how to use voiceover. I got my cane and I learned better cane skills. I'm, I learned Braille. I 
taught myself how to cook, taught myself how to clean. But mostly other than just like the basic stuff, like voiceover and like getting my cane and stuff, I didn't really like use any accommodated technologies. Like I know most people, um, they always recommended me use like um, special like knives and cutlery and special like plate things and special like organizers and whatever. And I just didn't want to because it just wasn't the way that I was used to doing things. And I was like, eh, whatever. Eh, I'll just use these giant knives and hope for the best. Mm. Last time I tried to use a giant knife, I got in trouble. <laughs> um, so, so you didn't really need that many like accommodations in regards to, um, did you need, like, did you, you didn't really need anything in regards to cooking and cleaning. Um, but you used, I remember at least in math, you used uh, paper and pencil to write, to figure out your problems. And then you wrote them on an iPad, right? Yeah. I, yeah. When, when I first started going back to school in February, cause I went halftime at KSSB and then I went um, the other time back at my regular high school. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think, did I do math? I don't think I did math my the like the second half of my sophomore year I think I only did math my junior year but yeah um I had they gave me like an iPad and like um a little like Bluetooth keyboard and that's what I would use to like do schoolwork and stuff so I guess Mm -hmm. that counts as like an accommodation but um we yeah I used to when we used to do math together when aka when Rich used to tell me how to do math because I I'm so bad at it um I used to just work out my problems and stuff like on a piece of paper because that was just easier for me. I, I still do it. I did math yeah. this morning and I did it on a piece of paper. Yeah, she was writing the like I heard I heard someone scribbling with a pencil during math class one day, and I just looked over and I'm like who and I'm like who's writing with a pencil and Miss Craig's like I don't know and she just looks over and goes what? <laughs> I freak out so many people with that. It's so it was so cool, but it was honestly hilarious because I'm like I could never do that. Yeah, Miss Christie was really <laughs> shook when I asked her for a piece of paper once. Oh yeah, I remember she's that. Like, she's like, do? "What?" She's like, that? "What?" Excuse me. <laughs> you're gonna make a hat? What? What you doing? Nope. <laughs> did did uh? So do you have any plans for after high school, uh, college, or? Yes, yes, I do. I got so many. So, when I went blind, I kind of like. I didn't really fall into like the rut of, oh God, I'm blind. What am I going to do with my life <clears throat> until like months later? Cause I, it just, I guess it, I guess that was another reason why I was, I was able to stay positive is cause it wasn't really real to me at first. Like I was just like, oh, okay. I'm living in a TV show. Everything's fine. Um, obviously that wasn't the case because it's been over two years later and I'm still blind. And yeah. So I, fell into that rut and just didn't know what to do with myself. And so at that point, I just kind of decided that, like, like I said, I just, I got to do better. And I went to my first IEP meeting and, oh gosh, the principal, I forgot his name. Mr. Harding? Um, Yes, Mr. Harding. Mr. Harding was there. And then um my people were there like my people from Fifthville were, were there and then my mom and my family was there and I was told by like 12 out of the 13 people in that room that 
I would probably have to spend another year or so in high school because I went blind my sophomore year, which was like the worst time to go blind. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that happened. And they told me, you're not going to graduate like at all. Like you're going to, you're going to stay here for a year. We'll probably have to put you in the transition program at KSSB for you to like be successful. Like you have so much to learn. And I was like, bet. And I said, if you are looking me in the eyes and telling me that I'm going to have to stay in high school for another year, you're kidding yourself because I'm getting out of here. This is prison. Um, and so my junior year, uh, or I guess my sophomore year after I went blind into my junior year that summer, I, I think just broke down like parts of me and just built myself back up just in a different way. I had to, I taught myself how to cook and clean and stuff over that summer. I bump dotted my entire house and taught myself how to use the stove. And like, I would, um, I did like little like basic braille assignments with, um, yeah, with, yeah. And so I just had to like completely rebuild everything. And so my junior year, I took 13 classes. Um, because I did not want to stay in high school anymore. I was over it. I was over it when I was eight years old. Um, but, and then I, now I actually am gradu- not only graduating on time, but I got early admissions to my college of like my dream college. Um, Which is? I, UCM, U- uh, University of Central Missouri. Yeah represent snouts out i'm wearing a sweatshirt right now actually that says ucm on it um okay but i have early admissions to that i actually just submitted my fastball i just got all that stuff back so i'm officially a student and um i am going to be studying psychology and i want to be i haven't actually really decided but i want to do something with psychology um, I want to be a doctor still. I want to be, I want to go and get my, just every degree that I can and travel and just do all the stuff that like, I was like, that I was told that I wouldn't be able to do while I was blind. Wow. Uh, so you're going to travel. That actually leads me into my next question. Where do you see yourself in five to 10 years? Uh, well, I don't see myself anywhere, but, um, aha, uh-huh. you get, uh, yeah, you're not why'd you write that question, Mr. Taylor? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's always a tough I already question. Forgot the question. Do what? I said, I already forgot the question. Oh, uh, where do you see yourself in five to 10 years or rather, five where do you imagine yourself in five to 10 years? <laughs> um, well, in five years, I will be, what, what is quick maths? 22, 23? 20, uh, 22 going on 23. Yeah, 22 going on 23. Um, so hopefully I will be out of my undergraduate program by then um, at UCM. Um, I want to go get my master's degree after that. That'll take couple years two years then I want to go get my doctor's degree that's going to take more years but um I really just want I just want to be like 
and it sounds really cheesy, but I just want to be happy. Like, I don't really care if I'm dirt broke or like living in riches, which we all know what the answer to that one is. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but I just want like to have good people around me be surrounded by like, just like good friends, good family, like, and just like be on like a path, you know, because yeah. so much has been so wacky these last couple of years that it only like seems right that I have like an abnormal future. You know what I mean? Like I never wanted yeah. the white picket fence. I never wanted the family and the kids and the cook. Uh, I was more, I was always like, I don't want a nine to five. Like, that, just, that just doesn't seem realistic to me. I need to be up. I need to be walking around. I need to be interacting with people. I need, I need to be doing something that is going to affect society in some way, shape, or form. And Find the cure for COVID. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll be walking around and talking to anybody, anybody without a mask. Oh, oh. Dreams do come true. One day. <laughs> Hopefully we'll be, you know, not 85 and a half when we're allowed to go to Target without a mask on. Yeah. Do you have like any teachers or um, fellow classmates from either the School for the Blind or Smithville that you could like that have played a major role in your life after, you know, ev- you know, after you lost your vision? Oh, there's so many, so many people. I had such a great support system. And I think that's the only reason why I'm like where I'm at today, where like I'm three four or two yep that was that was english two-thirds of the way through learning braille completely i'm like as far as i am i think uh hmm, i guess ugh, i guess you ugh, ugh. gross nasty disgusting Gosh. i can't <laughs> i can't wait for the day that i never have to interact with you again you know sounds fantastic <laughs> but i mean you really helped me a lot. You really did. Because you were the first person I ever met when I went to KSSB. Because they were like, hey, there's this strange child. Interact with it. And I said, okay. <laughs> and then they put me in a room with you and then wouldn't let me leave until you showed me the whole school. Um, and I, was, yeah. I just remember being cranky that day because I was just sweating the whole time. And I also just wanted to go home. But you were there and you were positive and you were happy and you were interacting with all the kids and i was like what what why is this your actual personality and it turns out it was you weren't fake for the Um, most part (laughs) (laughs) and then at smithville i my one of my favorite teachers of all time her name is miss lee she's my french teacher she was my french teacher i'm not taking french this year because i didn't want to have a mental breakdown every 38 seconds um but she has been like the light of my life in high school from my freshman year till this very moment and she has just always like she's just always been there you know what I mean like even if I was struggling in like math or science or whatever I would always be able to just walk into her room and just sit on the floor and just lay face down and she would just be like cool what's up what's going on um I I had the best time my I had the best time in high school because of her Um, obviously all of it wasn't super big happy great spontaneous yay but um, 
the times that were really good, I, she was there. She, I struggled really badly with like, not only like foreign language and like that kind of stuff, because I mean, I don't have foreign language brain and this is all before I went blind and I was still really hard. Um, but I also like had really bad, like emotional issues. And like, I was just like, not big, happy my freshman, sophomore year. And she was just there. She was always the one that I could email and be like, Hey, this teacher is being the worst. Let me rant to you for six pages. And she used to like buy me presents on my birthday and like, we used to just talk for like all, like all the time. I used to come in after school and just sit in her classroom and we'd just chat. Um, so she was like, she is still like the light of my life. I love her with all of my heart. Um, I'm trying to think. There, like every single person that like has been there for me and with me, like has just immediately left my brain. But um, my TBI at my school right now, Miss Balmer, Michelle, she is the queen. She actually just became a grandma, which is so exciting. Hey, hey. She had a, her daughter had a baby last Thursday, I think. Um, but she, even on my crankiest of days, she's like been there and like dealt with me in my drama. Mm. And she brought me flowers on like my anniversaries and but yeah, there's there's so many people, and I think that support system was really positive for me, and it's the only way and the only reason why I am who I am. That is, um, I I get that. I think we both had really good support systems that year. Like when you came here full time for junior year. Yeah. I think we both had really good support systems. Although when we would walk into Miss Christie's career explorations class, I always knew she'd just look at us and go, "Oh God." <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> oh, we were double trouble, bro. Yeah, we had it a good like, time. Do what? We had a good time. Yeah, it was great. You, 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 you like kicked the snot out of those punching bags at the <laughs> boxing gym. Well, I used to do it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so good at everything. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I to- I totally see where you're coming from with with you know the support system and and have and having all of the it 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 was one of those things where where it was like perfect timing i guess Mm -hmm. for everything to kind of just kind of it's all kind of i mean if you think about it it's all kind of full circled how so so oh well you you left kssb and then we didn't really hear much from you and now you're back here as kind of not really an alumni but a former student (laughs) talking to us again and being like yeah this is where i'm at now yeah it's um you know as much garbage as i used to give kssb because i always just like i i didn't always have the best time there just because i just felt out of place and i just like wanted to go back and be with what i've been around my entire life you know i didn't want to be thrust into this weird square building with a bunch of blind children that constantly were yelling and attacking me. Um, and by that, I mean, Patrick. Um, Oof. <laughs> but, Ouch. <laughs> Patrick and Gabe. Um, but I mean, I don't remember where I was going with this, but. It was like, it was, even think, though you, you kind of struggled that KSSB with fitting in. 
you know yeah i i struggled with it but it re- it really did like it helped y'all taught me braille and i didn't have to do algebra at a normal school and i got Ooh. to do it where people like understood that i'm not only am i not good at math but i also can't see it but that's the that's been a lot that's been the, like a real struggle this year especially it's just the transition from like being in an english class and a science class and a math class that understood that like hey you're blind like these are this these are these are specially designed assignments for people that are blind like this is this is, this is going to be easier for you but it i went back this year now i'm in three dual credit classes math science and english and it's like every single assignment is just a new different kind of accommodation mm-hmm. and it's just it's so strange kind of like kind of like my situation at bishop ward you know like mm-hmm. working with 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 uh with new teachers and and kind of being like yeah this is these are the kind of things that i need but i'm really like it's one of those things where i'm really flexible yeah and if and if one if one way works better for you and it's easier for me <laughs> let's do it <laughs> yeah 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 that's what i'm saying so if you could have if if you could give any piece of advice to someone who may be struggling with something in their lives whether it be a loss of a sense you know like like blindness or taste or or someone who's just going through some emotional trauma what would it be oh god i have so many i think about this a lot um I don't know. I think the one thing that I wish I would have been told when I first went blind is like, like, I just, I, I know I didn't want people to pretend like everything was okay because for me, it wasn't, everything was not okay. Um, and so I think it's important for people to understand that if you are in a situation where you are found with a newfound disability or a learning disability or some type some type of curve or just like even just like a traumatic event that just changes everything it doesn't have to be losing a limb or losing your eyesight or something it can be literally anything um but just know that like it sucks in the beginning it really does but all the things that you don't think are important, so are. Like the things, like the relationships that you build with your teachers and what you have with your friends and being able to communicate and advocacy is so huge because I absolutely would be in a different spot had I not been able to stick up for myself and say, this is what I want, this is what I need. Stop pretending like you know who I am and what I want and what I need to do. You might be an expert, in being blind but i'm an expert in being myself and so you need to listen to me right now and that assertiveness and that advocacy is what really pushed me to what to my goals and my goal when i went blind was just to graduate high school to get through it to learn as much as i could and not to regret the time that i spent like moping around and doing nothing because all of that is so important to have grieving is so important to have and i think it's important to know that 
you don't have to follow any type of structure when it comes to like getting over things like there's not like a calendar that you can follow that says all right well you're done grieving at this point you're going to learn how to do this this and this and this amount of time whatever it's just that everything's different and it's hard for people to not follow a pattern when it comes to like teaching or communicating or whatever but just do what is best for you not what people think is best for you because they don't know even if they think they know they don't know and you got to just assess and understand where do I want to be who do I want to be and how do I get there is that is is that kind of advice stuff that you've learned as as you've kind of been learning other other things like how to how to how to um like how to just function in society oh 100% like there's things that um like certain educators will like it just think about it like in the terms of like math like, like you're nine times out of ten you're not going to use trigonometry and you're going to sit there and you're going to be like this is stupid I don't want to learn this but just push through it and then you have it in your little file cabinet you know like I, yeah. I, I can't think of a time that I have crossed all the way around a four-way stop like by myself when I could see like in everyday life. But I literally do it like six times a week now because I'm blind and people are like, you need to practice this. And I'm like, okay, gosh. <laughs> but things that seem like minuscule, like even like – learning a learning a good way to cook or the best routine for showering or shaving your legs or using sharp things or doing your makeup it just takes time and it takes practice and that's what i learned is that i i just i just wanted things to happen when i was like when i first started i just wanted to like i thought learning braille was going to be way easier than it was and i thought learning new technology was going to be way easier than it was and i had my fair share of breakdowns and temper tantrums and garbage and i can look back on those times like not on embarrassment but of just like i learned i know where i'm at now and what i needed to do to get here and that was learning the little things and like taking the time to just stop and assess and understand who i was where i was and remind myself of my goal and that's really how I was able to succeed. I know that's an awful lot, Braille and learning technology at the same time. It takes, yeah. a, lot, it takes a lot of effort. Uh, a lot of our students you know, start early and they start off with Braille, then they go to technology. Do you find now that it's easier, Jordan? Maybe. Um, I mean, it's kind of second nature to me now to always just kind of look to see um like if things oh my gosh if to see if things have like a specific format you know like if i need to learn like a new tool or like this new step with the voiceover or good golly gee there's been an update and now this certain thing is not accessible how do i get around it mm -hmm. and um i didn't really have the luxury of like starting learning braille and all that stuff when i was younger and was like a little sponge. Mm -hmm. I, it was like, it felt like I was learning piano when I was 85 years old and <laughs> it was just, it was so awful. I absolutely, absolutely despised learning braille because it was just so difficult because well, it, not only do you have to like learn the patterns, but you got to just like, 
you're got you gotta like you literally have to change the chemistry of your hand like yeah, yeah. it all has to mm-hmm. and now i can't wear gloves because i just get uncomfortable because my hands are so susceptible to, to touch now well and you were hit by a double whammy too not only were you learning a unified english braille but because of the the way the math books were written at the like the way we got our math books they were in english braille american edition which has become obsolete since 2015 so you were learning nemeth ueb and an old form of braille code that you'll probably never see again yeah i so, know <laughs> i felt so I, I bad and I, I like was learning all this stuff plus learning technology plus learning new cane skills plus learning how to literally just live and breathe and survive and like, I felt like a five foot one baby, you know, and I yeah. just didn't know how to do anything. And I was learning all this stuff at one time. And I was just, I was doing it. And people were like, wow, that's so amazing. And I was like, is this not normal? I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> Am I not supposed to learn 600 things at one time? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I no, stop it. Sorry. There's a car alarm going off and my dog just freaked out. Um, but it was, oh gosh, I learned it. I learned most of it in like a year and a half though, which is really exciting mm-hmm. because for most people, from what I've, from what I've learned, it takes most people quite a, quite a long time to learn that kind of stuff. But I don't know why my brain just switched. I was able to just, I think it was because I like had visual memory and that was like, it made it easier to, mm-hmm. Because I wasn't learning how to like spell or anything along with learning Braille. I was just learning mm-hmm. the code. Yeah. What do you think gave you the ability to to, to endure and um, keep pressing on with your learning? I think it just came back down to my goals. Um, I think a large part of it was actually spite. Now that I think about it, I think it was mostly spite. Like defiance? no actually no um i i because they told me in my first iep iep meeting my first iep meeting was in february of 2019 and i had gone blind in december of 2018 and it was in two months after i'd gone blind that they said you're probably not going to graduate and i said no um and so out of spite Every time someone said, like, oh, you should, like, you l- try to, you know, re- relearn completely how to do things and, like, l- use all these cool little gadgets in the kitchen and, like, learn your Braille and do all this stuff. People said that I had a lot of my educators say, like, like this is not the way that you're going to be able to do it from now on. And I said, a bet. And just... I don't, I don't really know how or why, because it's all really fuzzy now because it's in the past, but I don't know how or why I was able to just learn all the stuff that I did in such a short time period. But I think it was, it really comes back down to like the times when I would just sit there being miserable for myself or like being so upset because I couldn't solve a math problem or something stupid. And I would just sit there and when I was done with moping around, I would say, I don't ever want to feel like that again. And then that kind of motivated me to be like, well, how am I going to get to where I want to be? I have to continue my education. I have to grow and I have to learn and I have to be the same me that I was before. 
and because I kind of taught myself at a young age to live outside (laughs) of the social norm. And I think that pure spite of having people say, you're not going to be able to do it is what really motivated me to keep doing it is because they said, you're going to, you're going to stay in high school for a long time. We're going to completely take you out of Smithville. We're going to put you in KSSB in this brand new environment that you haven't like, you know, nothing about. And I said, no question mark. And just kept trying to find the best way to do things. And eventually I did. And that really kept me on my feet. So I'm getting word that we're running a little low on time. So one thing, one thing I've been dying to ask you um, before we get into how people can find us and how people can find you, 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 you had, 15 minutes of fame you were a local you were a global <laughs> phenomenon I, uh, yeah you were on the news you were everywhere how'd that feel what was that like it was overwhelming I was 15 and newly blind and people were like knocking on my hospital room door being like can we give you an interview for the newspaper and I was like guys come on like chill but I eventually just did the interviews. Um, I was on the news a couple of times and it started really with a local news channel. I don't remember which one it was. I think it was 41 Action News and they did a small snippet on me. It was literally like less than a minute long. And then we kept getting calls from the next network. And then eventually every network in Kansas City wanted to do a story on me. And then after that, it was Washington Post. It was um I don't think I ever did no I think I did do time I did people um I think and we had a lot I did a lot I it was just really telling the same story over and over and over again and then it all really died down over the course of like the year and then in November of last year we got notice like a text um it was literally just a text and it was from some random lady and she said hey i'm from dr oz do you want to like come on and do an interview and i was like i remember this i said this is fake this isn't real Uh uh-uh um so i went downstairs showed my showed my stepdad and he was like yeah your mom's outside talking to them right now and before i knew it they put me on a plane and i was getting my hair and makeup done i felt like a star and they were like, we're going to make you, we're going to make your mom cry for like 15 minutes. And then we're going to make you come out and be like inspirational. And I was like, cool. So that's exactly what happened. And nice. Dr. Oz has very, very smooth hands. That's all I have uh-huh. to say to him. Well, I, I just remember um, one of the ways, so we're going to get into our contacting information now that we're kind of <laughs> really on the cusp of time, but uh, you can find us on Twitter at KSSB podcast and Instagram at KSSB podcast. What about you? What about you, Jordan? Where can um, we find you? My Instagram is the underscore real underscore J underscore Walker. And then my Twitter is underscore blind underscore bandit underscore. Um, Avatar reference. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, this is, this is before Avatar got popular again. But and then 
oh gosh um i'm trying to think uh and then my facebook is i think it's just my name i think it's just jay walker yeah j-a-y yeah j-a-y we were in the security office and uh, the the guy behind the desk was like, "All right, what do you want your name to what you, what your what do you want your uh, student ID to have on it?" And you're like, "Jay Walker," and he goes, "Jay Walker." Oh, that doesn't sound very good. That sounds like you're being illegal. <laughs> I was like, "Heck yeah, I am, bro!" But this is what I've been going for for like three years, so I need you to cooperate. <laughs> well, all right. And also, if our listeners want to learn more about Jordan Walker, the Kansas City Star did a a very uh, a, a very good, at least in my opinion, uh, I don't know if it's an expose, but it's definitely a, a it's a four part series on um, Jordan from 2019. I think so, yeah. 2019, yeah. Uh, they did a they they did a very uh, a, a very well thought out um, uh, article. Uh, four-part series on on Jordan, and it has her, um, her parents, her teachers from KSSB. I'm a, uh, Smithville too, right? Yeah. Yeah, Smithville. Uh, myself, which is cringe, um, <laughs> and uh, some some other some other um, different things relating to that. So th- you should definitely go check that out uh, if you get a chance. And hey, maybe this podcast will blow up, and you can be interviewed again in other places. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks Um, for having me. Thank you, Jordan. Thanks a lot. And we'll see you later. All right. Bye. Bye.